I'm Kathleen Anderson, part skeptic, part believer, and your host of The Eclipse. Welcome to my podcast, where I dive into the unknown, seeking truth and hope with a healthy dose of skepticism and humor. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 19 of The Eclipse. We are getting awfully close to our 20th episode, which is so exciting. Once we hit 20 episodes, we will, of course, continue to produce more podcast episodes. But we also will begin testing and production for our YouTube and Rumble show called... The Eclipse! How exciting is that? So not only can you choose to just hear my fantastic voice as you're driving to and from work, or as you're pretending to give it all on your Peloton, you know who you are out there. You can also decide to see my face as you hear me talk about the unknown How exciting is that? I mean, who wouldn't want to do that? Although I suppose that means I need to start wearing makeup and making sure that I look presentable. Uh, Although let's not push it, okay? All right, guys, I love you guys, but uh, you'll probably get some makeup out of me, but I'm not getting all dolled up. (laughs) Anyway, make sure that you are on the lookout for some of your favorite podcast episodes to be translated into video. Everything we do here at The Eclipse is self-made. We do not receive any funds from anybody to produce the content we provide. So your support is key to our success. We've managed to overtake 200 listeners on Spotify, which is so fantastic. Never did I ever think that just 18 episodes, because it was the last episode that put us over the top on 200, that we would be at that level. And overall, we're actually sitting at almost 400 listeners. Because, as some of you know, I also publish these episodes on my substack called The Sweet Struggle, where we have about 180 listeners. So super fantastic. I'm so excited about it. Let's keep that momentum going. Please be sure to follow us on Spotify and subscribe to my substack, The Sweet Struggle. We are also on Twitter at at the Eclipse Pod. I would really appreciate it if those of you that do kind of venture into the Twitter world, if you would follow me on Twitter, that would be so great, especially the Eclipse Pod. Uh, I post a lot of interesting questions and things like that, and it would be really great to interact with the audience some. We're also on Instagram at the Eclipse Podcast, all one word. And we're on Facebook, just under the Eclipse. So please be sure to follow us on whatever social media platform is your preferred. All right. Now that all that's out of the way, (laughs) we can get into it. So in today's episode, originally, I was just going to discuss the Philadelphia experiment. But in my research, I came across another alleged military experiment. And so instead, this episode is just kind of really a discussion of these two supposed military experiments that went on. One's fairly well known and the other one's not as well known. So we'll just go ahead and dive into it. So the first one is like I was talking about the Philadelphia experiment. So I'm going to be completely honest. I had never heard of this before. Apparently it's a huge military, like urban myth. 
I was in the military for 20 years and had never heard about this. I was like the first time I heard about the Philadelphia experiment was maybe a month ago when I was out for a walk listening to a different podcast. I love, so I'm a, I'm really into podcasts now, which makes sense. If you're going to be a podcaster, I feel like you have to partake. in the medium, right? And so I don't get to listen to podcasts every day, which is a real bummer. But um, when I do go for walks, which happens probably, you know, anywhere from two to four times a week, I'll go for like an hour walk outside. That's where I get a good chunk of my podcast listening in. And anyway, I was listening to one and I can't remember which one it was. And I wish I'd have written it down so I can give them a shout out. But they were spending the entire episode just discussing this Philadelphia experiment. And I like I was riveted by it. It was so fascinating and also kind of gross and horrific at the same time. And I came home and was a few days later talking to my husband, you know, we were, you know, just kind of doing a little idea mapping of what episodes we want to do next. I said, Oh, I want to talk about this thing called the Philadelphia experiment. And of course, he knew all about it. So I don't know where the hell I've been. So for those of you that might be like me and might be sitting there going, okay, Kat, like what the hell are you talking about? The Philadelphia Experiment is this uh, rumor that back in 1943, there was a ship called the USS Eldridge that the United States Navy or the government, military, whatever, um, it was at the Philadelphia Naval Shipyard that the government and scientists were trying to figure out how to make ships quote unquote invisible and specifically this USS Eldridge. So, you know, there was, now keep in mind the time frame, right? You guys know I'm a huge fan of history. This is 1943. So during this time frame, we're just getting pummeled by the German U-boats, right? So it kind of makes sense that, you know, our government would be looking into how we can avoid the U-boats. And so perhaps in this case, we were trying to make our ships, quote unquote, invisible. So there were these witnesses that said that extra generators were brought onto the ship and that rumor had it that it was meant to power some kind of new like magnetic field to evade radar. So this is kind of where we talk about, you know, what what people mean by different words, right? So in this case, what what they're referring to here is what's called degaussing. And so it's, and I'm not... I'm not an expert on this, but essentially degaussing would be where they would like wrap something in, you know, cords or, you know, electrical wires or things like that. And it would basically make it where the U-boat's magnetic torpedoes would kind of be scrambled. They wouldn't be able to find the ship. And this is a real thing that was, you know, worked on and looked at. So when we talk about that these scientists were allegedly trying to make ships invisible, it, you know, on the one hand, it kind of sounds like... It's possible, but in the sense of like invisible to radar, right? Which we have technology now that does that. So now let's get into the weird shit. (laughs) So anyway, so some of these witnesses said that it was really weird the day of the experiment because there was this like strange green glow around the ship. They powered on the engines of the USS Eldridge and then poof, it went invisible. Now, and like literally invisible 
like the what is that? My husband's gonna laugh when he has to edit this because I said poof, and I think I said poof a lot when I was talking about the Minoans. So anyway, so the ship poof is invisible, but that's not the only weird shit. It shows up somewhere else. It allegedly just like Bagooms shows up in Norfolk. Virginia. So remember, this ship is originally in the Philadelphia Naval Shipyard. Green glow, power up the ship, poof, like disappears from the Philadelphia Naval Shipyard and begooms in Norfolk, Virginia, but only for like a few moments. And then it poofs out of Norfolk, Virginia, and begooms shows back up again at the Philadelphia Naval Shipyard. Well, that's weird, right? It gets weirder. So this experiment allegedly happens, and when this ship shows back up, uh, mind you, the crew was on board the ship, and this is when it gets really gross. So apparently the crew suffered just various ailments from, like, insanity to being, like, frozen in space like they couldn't like they couldn't move to having like various burns on their skin my favorite when i was doing the research was that it's an intangibility (laughs) i shouldn't laugh that sounds horrifying uh but like i've never really heard anybody describe like oh i suffer from intangibility what but like the super gross thing which i think must be in conjunction with this term intangibility And this is where I think this really captivates people when it comes to this particular story is that members, some of the members of the crew were actually fused to the ship when it came back. So like kind of like Harrison Ford in Return of the Jedi or whatever, when he's like stuck in the cryogenic whatever thing, except they were like half alive, right? So they like it shows up back in Philadelphia, you know, and there's crewmates that are just like, like an arm is is like moving and hanging out of the ship and the body is like stuck in a wall or something. So gross. So anyway, so you've got some major players here. So kind of like the, the name that shows up a lot when it comes to the Philadelphia experiment is this guy called Carl Allen, who's fantastic because he went by an alias. Carl Allen would go by Carlos Allende. <laughs> Just super cool. Carl, Carlos, Allen, Allende. Pretty, pretty good. But anyway, so Carl sent tons of letters to this UFO author, ufologist author, Morris Jessup. And in the letters, it was very bizarre. Like it was kind of picking apart like a book that he had written saying that he misunderstood a lot of like Einstein's principles and like he does know Einstein's principles and like he can explain how time travel would work and um, teleportation would work and then and this Morris Jessup guy like he's kind of you know trying to engage with this individual he's a researcher right and I've run into this too and so you're like hey can you tell me more can you give me proof and he keeps running into a dead end with this Carlos (laughs) and so he kind of gives up on it but then all of a sudden after a while the Navy shows up at Morris's front door and is like hey we want to talk to you because somebody sent a copy of your book to the Naval Research Center. And there's all of these annotations 
written in like three different handwriting styles with different types of pens in the margins. And so Morris is like, that's weird, and looks at the book, and he's like, I know this handwriting. All three of these are Carlos Allende's handwriting. So super weird. Really weird, right? So, and it turns out that, yes, all three of the, like, obviously, if you're trying to, you know, Matt, like, if you're writing in three different styles, you're trying to make people think that three different people are writing, right? But turned out that, no, Carl slash Carlos had been, had been the writer for all of it. And it had a lot of the same sort of stuff, right? Like, you know, teleportation and Einstein and I'm super duper smart and you're not and all this kind of stuff. And so then, of course, Carl... Carlos comes out with this Philadelphia experiment allegation. Claims that he was on like a ship nearby and saw it go poof. So then fast forward a little bit to 1984. A movie comes out, which I think is why my husband knew about this. Movie comes out called The Philadelphia Experiment. And the concept of the movie is that the Navy is, you know, messing around with invisibility experiments and it goes awry and sends two sailors 40 years into the future. So now we're talking about time travel, right? So now let's introduce a new person. So then 1988, Al Bielik. I don't know if I said his name right. I think I did. Bielik comes out and he says, yo, I participated in experiments on the USS Eldridge and I must have been brainwashed to forget about it because... I didn't even know. It's like all of my memories were triggered when I watched, you guessed it, the 1984 movie, The Philadelphia Experiment. It's a little weird. Um, but again, like he claims that like his real name is Edward Cameron and that his brother was a part of the experiment too. And they went forward in time to work with an older Nikola Tesla. It's very in-depth. But this will introduce the next experiment. So he, he, this Al Bielik or Edward Cameron, not as great as an alias, I think, as Carl and Carlos. But anyway, Al Bielik says, you know, I participated in these. They brainwashed me to forget. The, this terrible 80s movie, you know, made me recall all everything that I took part in. And one of the things that they did is they sent me into the future to work on the Montauk experiment. Whoa. So let's talk about Montauk. Montauk slash Camp Hero. This was an Air Force project uh, located in New York, I think like Long Island area. And the rumor is that Montauk was working in the Montauk experiment, Camp Hero, was working to manipulate the flow of time, uh, working on teleportation. So very, very much Philadelphia experiment-ish. Mind control. So that's a new one. Alien contact and staging... <laughs> Apparently in this loca- this location was also Montauk, whatever, Experiment Camp Hero was a location of the staged, if you believe it, Apollo moon landings. 
So what I think is actually way more interesting, and I did not know this, although I've only seen like the first season and maybe a couple episodes of the second season, is that this Camp Hero thing inspired the show Stranger Things on Netflix, which I'm sure all of you have seen it. I think I'm the only one that's only seen the first season. My daughter had just been born, I think, when it came out. And, you know, you have these long nights where you kind of think you're going insane and like maybe the world never should have trusted you with a human life because (laughs) you're like, my baby is crying all of the time. What am I doing wrong? But anyway, when we weren't sleeping, which was all the time, we watched, we binge watched Stranger Things. Um, I liked the first season. The second season, I kind of didn't get into. I think that's the one where the Russians show up and it just seemed a little weird to me. But after doing research on this, I think I might have to rewatch it and see if I can get further in it. But anyway, so the Montauk experiment is the inspiration for Stranger Things. Now, some of the claims about the Camp Hero location and the Montauk experiments that was that they would, the military, the Air Force, would kidnap like orphaned boys and do the experiments on them. And... To include, like, with this time travel, they would, like, lose these young boys in time and space. So, like, they sent boys to Mars, allegedly, and just, like, left them there, I guess. Or sent them back to biblical times, but couldn't bring them back. It's kind of weird. How did they know, I guess? Like, I've never been a huge time travel fan. So how did you, how do they know where they sent them? Maybe, I don't know. That's weird. So anyway, the this is kind of where you're going to see a parallel to Stranger Things. So the, the rumor is, is that there was a special chair at the Montauk location that amplified psychic abilities in these kids. And that some of the kids, it was a natural psychic ability. And then some of the kids, it was like a trained psychic ability. Um, So that's very much like, what's her name? Not Seven. Eleven, right? Eleven. That's kind of what her whole jam is, right? So to make it even creepier, because this is a real location, this Camp Hero. I mean, it's decommissioned now, um, but it was a real location. Um, The president at one point of the local chamber of commerce, Paul Monty said, quote unquote, no doubt stories have been embellished. But I don't doubt that these things, or I don't, I'm sorry, but I don't doubt that things went on there in the Cold War years. Even today, the base is patrolled and watched. I don't know about you, but that's hella creepy. That's super creepy. I'm creeped out just sitting here in my office thinking about it. So, which goes directly into my favorite part of the episode, my thoughts. <laughs> So let's talk about the Philadelphia experiment. Do I believe that the USS Eldridge disappeared, teleported to Norfolk, poofed poofed its way back to Philadelphia, and that Navy people were trapped in the metal of the ship, and that this one dude, what's his name, Al, was sent forward in time? Uh, no. Shocking, I know. Uh, Even though it's fascinating, and it's fascinating because of the horror aspect of it. Um, It's, I don't believe it. It's widely debunked um, when you do research on it. Like, there's proof that the Eldridge wasn't even in the Philadelphia Naval Shipyards at the time of the alleged experiment. 
allegedly, and I believe this, at least back in the 40s, and I think it's probably true still even today, that we do not understand the laws of physics, or at least cannot manipulate and control the laws of physics enough to do the things that these people claimed were done, which gets to these people, right? I find them to be highly just not credible. <laughs> Carl, Carlos, allegedly, like it always is, was like super intelligent, I guess, but like also kind of a trickster. It's a real, a real, a real prankster. So that doesn't bode well. Um, And then this Al guy, I'm sorry. So <laughs> you're, the premise of your argument is that you're watching this bad 80s movie and all of a sudden you think you, that you lived a real life version of the 80s movie. No, no. I mean, as much as I want to be Sarah Connor from Terminator, I'm never gonna be Sarah Connor from Terminator. So no, I don't No, I don't believe that the Philadelphia experiment is true that it happened. None of it. Let's talk about Montauk camp hero. So that one's a little bit trickier. If I'm being honest, I don't know. So let's talk about military experiments. We know that the United States military has conducted and been interested in, I don't know how you want to call them. I guess you'd call them paranormal, but that's kind of, I mean, yeah, I guess that's right. In other science, fringe science type experiments. And we know, and I'll give you a good case in point, the Stargate project. And I know (laughs) you're going to be like, enough with the Stargate because there was a whole Stargate fiasco in the earlier episodes. Not the same Stargate. You can Google this. It was real. So the Stargate project took place at Fort Meade in Maryland and it focused on seeing if there was a way to harness alleged psychic abilities or to train service members to hone into psychic abilities, particularly an ability known as remote viewing. So what's remote viewing? I This is another thing I wasn't really all that familiar with until probably the last year. So the idea of remote viewing is that if you have these abilities or you have managed to train yourself to have these abilities, you, abilities, you can focus your mind on a particular person if you have something of theirs to hold on to, like hair or like a thing of theirs, like keychain. You get the idea. And that if you focus and you can harness this remote viewing concept that you can eventually get to where you can see what they see, hence the remote viewing. So if you had, I don't know, something of mine, if you had my, nothing gross like my hair, ew, but like if you had my water bottle and you know, I'm in Washington, D.C., and you're, for whatever reason, in Canada with my water bottle. One, what the F are you doing with my water bottle? But we'll get to that maybe in another episode. But let's say you do have it, and you have the psychic ability, and you hold onto the water bottle, and you think really, 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 really hard. Then all of a sudden, you would be able to see through my eyes what I'm seeing. So if I'm in D.C., and I'm looking at the Washington Monument, all of a sudden, you're like, oh, I can see that she's looking at the Washington Monument. I think we get it. So, so knowing that the military has done weird, weird stuff like that, um, and the camp existed, like, and it's, it's weird that it's still being guarded. I think I talked about this with the, whatever, the Area 51 of the UK episode, where it's like, if there's nothing there, then why guard it? 
That's odd. I mean, there's plenty of decommissioned bases all over that don't have guards anymore. So that's odd. So I think that it is entirely possible that some sort of experiments of a kind that maybe the public wouldn't be all that keen on or might cause embarrassment to the United States military and ergo the government could have happened there. Now, do I think that we lost, that the Air Force lost people in space and time? No. Although, although I mean, for a while, they basically lost me in Afghanistan. So I guess that's basically like being lost in space and time. That's a whole other story. So I suppose, like, I wasn't lost. I knew exactly where I was. Just the Air Force was like, oh, nope, we deleted your position in a computer program so you don't exist. Boop, boop, boop. Um, so, I mean, maybe I got Montauked during that <laughs> tour. But all joking aside, I mean, yeah, I think the United States military, not the service members, obviously, but the institution, the complex can be, you know, has its moments where it is less than reliable. But I don't think that they lost people in space and time, although that is horrifying. This is why I don't like the idea of time travel. I think time travel is one of the scariest concepts and most dangerous fringe concepts out there. And if we ever have the ability to travel in time, it's a terrible idea. We should destroy it immediately. I almost think it's a worse idea than like if we can clone dinosaurs Jurassic Park style. And I'm a huge Jurassic Park fan, at least the original movie. The rest of them are kind of shit. But yeah, I think cloning dinosaurs is a thousand times better idea than time travel. I think time travel, like never is time travel a a good idea. Never, ever. So that is pretty horrifying. Do I think that the United States government and the military were kidnapping young boys? No, I don't. I mean, I rag on the military a lot, but I don't believe that. I do not think that, like, I think that there are malicious people sometimes in positions of power because absolute power corrupts absolutely. But I I just can't believe that an institution, there'd be enough people that would be that just evil. That's just really evil. But maybe I'm overly hopeful. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to have to watch something super happy after I finish recording this episode because it's kind of dark, right? This is kind of sad and dark, Um, a little twisty. That's basically where I'm at with it. I don't think Philadelphia Experiment happened. I do think some shit probably went down at Montauk, but probably not to the same extent of what people claim and certainly not Stranger Things quality. Thank you for listening, and please continue to follow us on Spotify. And please also leave a rating, preferably five stars. This helps support our endeavor by making sure our podcast shows up on general searches more often, which could help us to get to where we can have advertisers. Stay tuned for the next episode, episode 20. That's a milestone episode, my friends. Woo! That's exciting. Episode 20, where I will dive into the theory that the CIA orchestrated and executed the assassination of JFK. Dun, dun, dun. Can you tell that I'm super excited? There's a reason why I made it the 20th episode. Because I love JFK lore. It's great. Thank you again for listening. And please take the time to follow me on Substack. I publish my podcasts and all of my writings on my Substack titled The Sweet Struggle. You can also find me on Twitter at at Moderate. 
And swing by thepoliticalinsider.com to read my articles and those of my other highly talented fellow writers. My name is Kathleen Anderson, and this is The Eclipse.